Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to Chris Mannix from Sports Illustrated coming up here momentarily. Game night for the Jazz. They take on the Pelicans tonight. Tip-off will be at 6. Pre-game coverage begins at 5 right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Look at that. Locke just walked in. Locke doing the broadcast from up here today. Is he, all, is he all lamped up and ready to go? No, I don't think so. He looks normal. Looks like he's having a good day. Got his earpiece in. It's moving and shaking, I'm sure. Ready for a great call. All right. Well, he's had he's had plenty of uh opportunity to to broad, broadcast good news, that's for sure. Yeah, no doubt. All right, uh let's uh, let's get to it. It's time for your daily assist. Go ahead, Austin. It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist. Featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show. Senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated, Chris Mannix. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Chris, happy Monday. How are you? What's going on, guys? Hey, uh, I understand jazz fans have been a bit grumpy with you today, responding to uh, one of your takes uh, out there on Twitter. A little bit. Um, I had suggested <laughs> last night that Tom Thibodeau had a stranglehold on Coach of the Year honors, and I got a series of tweets and memes and pictures and all of featuring uh, Quinn Snyder. So I... Uh, yeah, I had uh, I had an earful there, Chris. That's the classic argument, isn't it, about a guy who is whose team had the best record, has the best record in the league, and is really doing terrific things versus a guy who is lifting a franchise out of the dumps. Yeah, and, and I think you know, like anything else, you know, your take on awards are a matter of perspective. I mean, of course, and I've said this for years on this show. I think Quinn Snyder is an excellent coach. I also thought that the Jazz were going to be pretty good coming into this season. Not lead the West with a ridiculous record good, but I thought they'd be a top four team. I, I didn't, you know, I saw what I saw in the bubble. Uh, they were good there, even though they lost in the first round. And with Bogdanovic coming back and, uh, you know, Mike Conley getting year two, I just assumed they'd be a little bit better. I mean, I didn't see Jordan Clarkson coming in the way that he did. Um, this year as kind of a runaway sixth man of the year. But, uh, you know, I, I thought they'd be pretty good. Whereas the Knicks, I thought they'd be terrible. And everybody thought they'd be terrible. Everybody thought they'd be a bottom three team in the Eastern Conference. And, you know, Tibbs is taking this very flawed group, has them as the number two defense in the NBA, and has them right now at 18 and 17, which is, you know, right around, you know, you know right around the fourth seed at this point. 
in the Eastern Conference. Frankly, I think, you know, for someone like me, I look at Tibbs and I look at Greg Popovich as the leading candidates right now because they both have teams that coming into the season, uh, you thought they were either nowhere near a playoff spot or in the case of the Spurs, at best contending for one. And San Antonio has been a lot better than that. Chris Mannix is with us from Sports Illustrated here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Chris, curious to your take uh, on the Miami Heat right now. We saw the Jazz fall to them on Friday, but it just stood out to me that this was a team that, that was so much better than their record would uh, would indicate. And my kind of take after that game was no, no shame in losing to that Heat team when they play like that. No, I mean, look, when Jimmy Butler is healthy, the Heat are really good. When he's not they have been pedestrian. He, he is the head of the snake, and he missed a lot of time uh, in the month of January with uh, with injuries. So, you know, since he's come back, he has energized that team, energized that locker room. Uh, Bam Adebayo has been playing at an all-star level all season long. You know, the, the struggles have come sort of weirdly with Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson. They have been as consistent as, you know, the bubble kind of foreshadowed them to be. Uh, but you, know, you had to believe their talent was going to eventually come along. So, look, I think Miami has righted the ship. They'll be back in the playoff mix uh, throughout the course of the second half of the season and, and still be really dangerous in the playoffs. And speaking of coaching, Spolstra ain't bad. No, I mean, pound for pound, to use a boxing analogy, he might be the best in the league. I mean, he, he you know, the, the, the guys that they put on that team, I mean, very few of them are kind of – home run guys. I mean, Bam Adebayo was a mid-first-round pick. You know, Tyler Hero was a mid-first-round pick. Duncan Robinson was undrafted. He just kind of unlocked him over a two-year span. Um, yeah, I mean, Spo is, is, you know, he's elite. I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure. If you're if you're starting a franchise and you're looking for a head coach, you know, I, I would argue that there's probably more than half the executives in the league that would say they'd start it with Eric Spolstra. If I can just add on to that for a second. The other night when the Jazz were playing the Heat, one of the things that he was doing is he was mixing up the Heat's defense from possession to possession. I don't mm. know if it was quite that rapid, but you know what I'm saying. I mean, the Jazz actually had to read and recognize and, and, and make decisions, and, and Spolster was making them do that. And that, that was an interesting approach, I thought. Yeah, I mean, he, he's got that gift. And whether it's jumping into a zone defense like you know they, do it, they did at times last season, or just playing hard nose man to man, like they, you know, they're, they're always tough. I mean, two things you know about a Miami team—they're going to be in shape because you know you quite literally can't play for them unless you pass that ridiculous conditioning drill they do down there, and they're going to be prepared because Spolstra and his staff, Chris Quinn's a great assistant coach on that staff. Uh, they're always you know locked in. I mean, they've had some good assistants come out of there. Jawan Howard, of course, now having tremendous success as the head coach of Michigan, he came out of that program. Um, you know, they're. They're just a well-oiled machine, you know, uh, down down in Miami. They had, again, they had some early scuffles, and that was a little bit surprising. But you know, now that Butler's back in the mix, I think you're seeing the real Miami Heat. Chris, let's get your take on Zion Williamson uh, because he's uh, physically certainly unique, gifted athletically. He's averaging 25 and a half points a night, uh, all-star, and the Jazz have to deal with him tonight. Where are you at on Zion? Well, he's. Yeah, this is basically his rookie year. You know, after missing what was it nine games, whatever it was last year, he didn't play very much with with injury, and he's been as advertised. I mean, you know, you you can certainly debate the All Star slot. Would you give it to Brandon Ingram on his own team? Would you give it to a couple other guys in the West? But he's having a terrific year. And what what I like about Zion, especially 
is that the finesse part of his game is starting to come around. I mean, you you knew there was the incredible athletic freak that steps out on the floor. Defensively, he's a intimidating shot blocker. But I, I'm seeing much more polish on his perimeter game than I thought we'd see at this stage. Uh, he doesn't always go for just power dunks. He's got some some moves around the rim. These are all things that you see in a guy's third and fourth year, not you know kind of in his you know year maybe half year mark of his career. So he, he's a lot more refined than I expected him to be this early in his career. So and and to stay with him, you've got to you've got to have somebody really strong, really athletic, really smart, and players like that. You know, this is very tough to find. What do you make of the rest of that team, Chris? Because the one thing that stands out to me is that they're five and twelve on the road, and you know they have to—they have some younger players that need to get used to that. And even in a year where you don't have buildings full of people, there are still adjustments that need to be made for guys. What, what do you make of them overall? Yeah, I mean, look, the, the core of that team is really young, with Zion and Brandon, uh, Brandon Ingram leading the way. Um, some of this stuff is certainly to be expected. I do think that, you know, when you talk about New Orleans, they're not all that invested, I think, in some of the veterans on that team. It wouldn't surprise me to see J.J. Redick go before the trade deadline. It wouldn't surprise me to see Eric Bledsoe, you know, relocated at some point. Uh, They're all about just kind of developing this young talent. And, And Stan Van Gundy, I think, is a good coach for that situation. He's tough. He's disciplined. He's hard-nosed. They're just, you know, I mean, not to, to oversimplify it, there are just some things you have to learn along the way. Winning on the road is one of them. Closing out games is one of them. Uh, we're watching, you know, with Lloyd Pierce getting fired at Atlanta, we're watching the Hawks, you know, because the Hawks have, have melted down in fourth quarters. These are all just, just bumps along the road that you can't, you just can't avoid. I mean, you can mitigate it in some, in some degree by, you know, deepening your roster and whatnot, but, Young players are going to make mistakes. They're going to have their their trials, and you know the road where that record is. What you said right there, it's it's just one of those places. The Hawks, uh, sorry, the uh, the Pelicans have really struggled. There was an interesting moment. We played it on the show uh, with Devin Booker. He was answering a question from a, a foreign reporter who had asked him why he was having such a, a better season this year than last year, and he kind of took exception with. You know, is he having a better year this year than last year? Or more, probably more accurately, did he have a bad year last year as it kind of uh, came off? And I guess my question is about the Suns. Is is their difference this year simply that Chris Paul is on the roster or are the other guys better? Well, with Devin Booker specifically, you're always going to have kind of a faction that wonders if he's empty calories. I mean, that was kind of the perception of him early on was he putting up all these numbers on a bad team but a lot of those perceptions were washed away in the bubble when they went undefeated and you know look great um and, and sort of began that turnaround I and mean, i think chris paul is certainly an improvement over ricky rubio uh but this team was on the way up uh last year i mean you can clearly see it they just missed out on the playoffs did everything they possibly could literally to make the playoffs um, you see DeAndre Ayton taking steps forward. I don't know where they rank right now, but they've been a very good defensive team for most of the year, and that's you know largely to do uh, with DeAndre Ayton. Some of the other younger pieces have played uh, pretty well, and, and Booker has found a way to to be successful off of Chris Paul. I mean, I don't even know if he's having – I wouldn't know if i call it a better season than last year. I mean, some of the numbers, the scoring numbers, I believe, have dipped a little bit, and that's largely due to the fact that he's playing with another ball-dominant guard in CP, but – you know, that's, that's a, as tough a backcourt as you're going to find in the NBA. And Devin Booker 
is a big reason for that. I mean, he's he is as good a scorer, I think, pure scorer as you're going to find at the guard spot in this league. Chris, one of the reasons, one of the things that have has impressed me about what the Jazz are doing this year, only once have they suffered back-to-back losses. Mm. Uh, Jake mentioned that they lost to the Heat the other night, and they came back uh, even uh, with tired legs. They came back strong the next night. How important is that? I mean, that that, that to me is a sign of a mentally tough team. Um, you know, knowing that you don't want anything to snowball, you don't want to get on a losing streak that can cause you to question some of the things that you're doing. Um, I mean, I'm seeing a lot of that in Boston right now where you have – you know, where kind of the rock got rolling down the mountain with the Celtics, and they've turned it around as of late. But uh, you know, a lot of that was kind of mental. So I, I chalked that up to you know, despite having some young guys there, having the mental toughness to know that, or to know that you know, a two-game losing streak is not something you want. Even though it's a low number, you don't want to start trending in that direction. So having the mental toughness to you know dismiss losses, put mistakes behind you, and and move forward is is a great sign for the future because you're. You're going to need that in the playoffs, that's for sure. Um, you, know, you don't want to get into a situation where you have a tough loss and uh, you can't put it behind you and get the next win. So seeing the Jazz do that now uh, in the regular season, you know, it's not the same thing, of course, in the playoffs, but it certainly is, is a good sign of things to come. Maybe they learned a little something out of that, Jake. Maybe they learned something out of that, uh, that crumbling against the Nuggets Absolutely. In, in the bubble, yeah. Uh, Chris, uh, you mentioned San Antonio earlier in the conversation and uh, the job Greg Popovich is doing down there. Uh, you know, they're sitting in fifth in the West at 17 and 12. I, I don't think we're talking about that near enough. Is there another uh, is there another story out there in the NBA land that we're not talking enough about? Uh, that we're not talking about? I don't know. I mean, like the, the Eastern Conference is so jumbled up right now. I mean, I just praised the Knicks, but... I mean, they're a game and a half of being the 10 seed in, in the uh, Eastern Conference, too. So there's a lot of teams. I mean, I guess that's the storyline for the second half, just how bunched up teams are in both conferences as, you know, we get towards the playoffs. Now, obviously, the play-in tournament extends what the playoffs are going to look like. You're going to have 10 teams instead of eight vying for a slot in the playoffs, which gives some of these younger teams, you know, like a New Orleans, like a Chicago, uh, opportunities that they may not have had uh, otherwise, but um, I guess I'm just fascinated to see which of these teams have staying power. Like, will we see the Knicks able to maintain a foothold in the middle of the playoff pack? Was you know San Antonio? I mean, I just you know anyone that bets against San Antonio is just a terrible gambler at this point. It's like betting against the house every time. The house always wins. I mean, thinking the Spurs will fall out of the playoffs. You know, here comes you know Greg Popovich and Demar Derozan looks like the MVP. Like, so it's. It's it's just a it's a consistency thing with San Antonio where if, if you expect them to underachieve, you're going to be deeply disappointed. Two teams, Chris, that are battling it out to qualify for the playoffs in the West, uh, and I'm going to leave the Nuggets out of it, even though they're right there with the Warriors. But the Warriors and the Mavericks. One, do you take the Warriors seriously, or do you look at them as just a wounded team that isn't really going to be able to do much? And what about the Mavericks? Are they are they uh, underperforming? Well, they have been underperforming. Um, the Mavericks, I mean, their defense being this bad, their three-point shooting being this bad, that's been a major surprise. Those are two things that 
at the end of last season you thought were going to be, especially the three-point shooting, be a more consistent number. That hasn't been there for them for much of the season. And Porzingis, you know, he, he, I think he had a good night, what, a couple of games ago, whatever it was. He, he just hasn't been that consistent number two option alongside Luka Doncic. He looks kind of miscast at the, as, as a center, especially when it comes to the physicality. That's why the, the Mavericks, from what I'm hearing, are going to be looking for a big man to play alongside him, whether it be a trade uh, or trying to sign someone like Andre Drummond uh, if he becomes a unrestricted free agent uh, at the buyout deadline. Uh, so th- that's the with them. With the Warriors, I mean, I, I, you can never really count out or dismiss a team that has that kind of star power. I mean, Steph Curry looks like the same old Steph Curry. You know, Draymond Green is playing well. Uh, you know, Andrew Wiggins has been hot and cold, but if he can be as consistent as he's been in the second half of the first half of the season he was in the first half, uh, that gives him a chance. Jay, I think James Wiseman's only going to get better. Like, he's, as the year goes on and he gets more experience, he's only going to improve. So I, I think the Warriors are definitely uh, – I think they will be in the playoff picture, you know, come mid-May, uh, and that's largely because of the experience on that roster. Chris, thank you very much as always. Great stuff. You got it, guys. It's our friend Chris Mannix, senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated, jumping on with us. Answer your own question there, Gordon. Which one? Uh, about uh, what, the Mavericks and the Warriors? I Well, <laughs> the Mavericks, Luka Doncic gets all this credit as being one of the best three players in the league. You would expect this team to at least qualify for the playoffs, right? Yeah, you would think so. And right now, if the playoffs were to begin, <laughs> I guess who wouldn't be involved? Right. The Mavericks. The Warriors, I I, I think uh, they're fun to watch. Steph is still Steph. But they they I just don't think they have enough. They He, he talked about the development of Wiseman, and, and maybe that will get there uh, in time. I'm just not sure that now is that time. What do you think? Well, that was my opinion before the season started, so I think I'm going to stick with it. They're 19 and 16, good enough for eighth seed in the West. I can't believe they've won 19 games. It'd be nice if the Warriors could get uh, a certain player back. You know, I mean, th- then that would that would change my opinion about their how the level of the, how dangerous they are. But I wonder if he'll ever be. Um, I, I don't know. You know, you never know about the effects of injuries, especially when they come back to back the way his have. Well, we'll see. I mean, they're they're hard capped out basically, so there's not a whole lot that they can do. And I don't think outside of Steph and Draymond isn't the player he used to be. Not that he's still not effective. Uh, you know, particularly passing the ball now. But I just don't think they have a ton of firepower. Well, you if you made that prediction, I don't remember you making that prediction, but if you did before the season started, then I think I think you're right. Although they it's not like they're dogs. They're they have the potential um to uh to bounce back once they're fully they got all their weapons back. We but had like right a now, full day arguing this over the off season. You don't remember that? Uh, Austin no, shaking no. his head, yes, like he definitely yeah. remembers that. I, I wake well, up yeah, in cold sweats occasionally. Hold thinking on of here, it. hold on here. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't remember arguments that I lose. You know, I just, <laughs> That's a good point. I have that. I have that problem too. <laughs> but but you know, uh, but Clay Thompson is such. You know, I mean, I, I will he be the Clay Thompson that we remember him? Being, he's 31. 
And will, what uh, what effect will he have on that team when he comes back? I would know, there's no way of knowing right now, but that's an interesting question. I mean, we're talking about a, a team that was the absolute focal point of the NBA for quite a while. And it, it makes you wonder, will they be able to storm back into the race? We're going to play a clip coming up next from David Aldridge of The Athletic, who joined DJ and PK talking about the Jazz. He's also got a uh, a column out there talking about the Jazz. So we'll get to that coming up right around the corner. It's a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Utah's highest-rated, most-listened-to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show, presented by Big O' Tires. Stop by your locally-owned Big O' Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O' Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. We've got the Not Sports Report coming up at 4.50. Stay tuned for that. You got a tease for us, Gordon? I got two things that are ready to go. And, um, yeah, I stick around because one of them is absolutely phenomenal. I mean, I just can't even believe that it, it could possibly be true, but apparently it is. And the other one has to do with showbiz. Okay, all right. There's a tease. All right, I like it. Gordon, uh, David Aldridge, he's covered the NBA for a long, long time for a variety of different outlets. He now writes for The Athletic, and he has uh, a piece out on the Jazz. Flying high this season, Utah Jazz again grounded by questions of race. He joined DJ and PK this morning, and we want to play a few minutes of that uh, that conversation just so folks out there can get the gist. And, of course, uh, you can go read his piece online at theathletic.com. But here's what he had to say this morning. Both read your uh, your story. I think one thing we can all agree about in the digital age, whatever its downside, you got more room to write. You wrote, and you wrote, and there was no one to cut it for space. Sorry, it's great, David. We just don't have space. You don't have to hear that. No, that's always a good thing yeah. uh, in the writing in the writing space. Um, we don't try to abuse it, but when you need to take two thousand words to discuss something fairly complicated, um, the good news about being at the athletic is that I have the opportunity to do that. So we really enjoyed both of us. Uh, well, we enjoyed your coverage over the years, but enjoyed this particular piece. Both of us, DJ and myself, PK, we are California transplants. We moved here in the early 90s, but we've been here now coming up on close to 30 years. And uh, we've seen this community and we know a little bit about it. And so it seems like at any time something like this happens, the issue of minorities, and then obviously with the NBA, it's African Americans, how comfortable they can be in Salt Lake City. And you talk to Mike Conley and Derek Favors, you probably could have talked to as many guys as you possibly wanted in your three decades of covering the league. My thought for you is how much of it is it still a concern, the perception out there? meaning the states and the rest of the world, the rest of the country, as far as this being a welcoming place for African-Americans? Well, I, I think it, you know, it, it, if you only go by what, you know, Mike and Derek and some of the other players on the team now have said that they are, you know, things seem to be a lot better. And I think that kind of jibes with what 
the anecdotal evidence and the physical evidence in terms of demographics will tell you that, um, as you guys know much better than I do, I think Salt Lake City is a much much more increasingly diverse city than it was maybe 20 years ago. Um, and so I think diversity always um, helps minority groups feel a little more comfortable, a little better. Um, and, you know, I just think it's – they. The, the point of the story was that you know, there was this, and it's, and I, and I said in the story that it, it doesn't mean that it's still there, but it was there at one point. I'm sure as you guys, yeah, know, that there was right. a perception among many black players that it just was not a good place to go. People did not want to play there. Um, I still think it's very difficult for them to get free agents to come there. So to me, the the thing that's interesting is that they have convinced all of their black players of, of significance on the roster to not just stay, but to stay for a long time, to sign, you know, long-term contracts to remain there. I mean, Jordan Clarkson last year would have had a lot of suitors, I think, or he could have signed a one-year deal with them and been a free agent this year. There's a lot of teams that have money. Um, they're going to have money and would have an opportunity to give it to him. Uh, he knew that. His agent knew that, I'm sure. Um, and they opted to stay long-term. You know, you could say Rudy Gobert can't turn down $200 million, and there's, there's some truth to that. Um, it's hard. It would have been hard for him to turn it down in Miami or New York if, or if he was there. Um, you know, but Donovan Mitchell certainly took the money. Um, Derek Favors came back, which I think is significant, um, and signed a three-year deal. Um, I think that's very significant. Um, so those players over the last – three to five years have really embraced not just the notion of playing on a good team because the jazz have been a good team under Quinn Snyder the last several years, but to make a long-term commitment to the franchise and to the city. And I think that's significant. There you go. David Aldrich writes for the athletic uh, would encourage uh, everybody to check out his piece. I thought it was really good. You heard, uh, you heard DJ uh, tease David a little bit at the beginning about it being long. It's, 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 it's worth getting to the end. Let me put it that way. He includes a lot of different perspectives. And this is, as you know, Gordon, uh, sometimes a tricky thing to write about. And I thought David actually really did a nice job of being thorough with a tricky situation. He had a lot of great uh, quotes. This is not, uh, you know, uh, overall media quotes. He had one-on-one conversations with Jordan Clarkson and Derek Favors and Mike Conley and, and really got their insight into what they heard about this market, living here, being here. And just to kind of talk about something he hit on there at the end, I think it was a huge deal that Jordan Clarkson resigned here for a variety of reasons. I mean, of course, starting with his role on the team and his production on the court. But I, I thought it said a lot about the the situation that they can provide for players that Jordan really wanted to stay and really wanted to be here. I thought that was a big deal. So was that the overall gist of it? If you were going to describe what the narrative was uh, inside of like a minute or two, I know that's hard for such a comprehensive piece, but what would you say? I, I honestly, you know, in a lot of these types of columns, Gordon, and, and they're columns, you know, sometimes they're very heavy on opinion. Uh, I didn't think that David had any agenda whatsoever. If you if you read it, I at least can't find an agenda for you. He's he's more thorough telling this story. He goes into the Russell Westbrook stuff. He even goes back to Derek Harper. He tries to talk as is he alluded to in there in that that clip. You know, he. 
He's obviously familiar with Salt Lake and has been here and written about this, and he's familiar with the dynamic. And I thought he tried to talk about that and and illustrate that to the reader, and I thought he did that very well. He didn't really cast judgment. He just said how this Elijah Millsap situation is kind of another chapter in a delicate story uh, involving this market and this franchise and race. So the fact that Jordan Clarkson wanted to re-sign here, the fact that Derek Favors wanted to come back here, those are uh, that that's information that he included in the story that would weight it toward uh, a promising evolution in this community. Well, then he also quoted uh, Tabo Cephalosha's wife from a Swiss publication. And he translated it to where she wasn't really wild about uh, how conservative it was here. So that's what I'm saying. I don't, it, David, it, it really was informative. It didn't really have an agenda. I don't think he was trying to um, advocate for one thing or another. I thought he just, he really did a nice job laying out the jazz history with this subject and why this is, you know, a, a, a story and kind of a complicated one at that. What would happen if he wrote a similar story about most other markets in the NBA? Would would there be elements of this in, in everywhere? No. Well, I don't know uh, because I'm not that familiar with other markets so and, I their, guess, and their I history guess, in this regard. But I do think it it is unique here because this it, is a unique state and city. It its history is unique. Okay. All right. You don't think so? No. 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 I agree. I, I I agree. Um, it's good to have an objective view of that sort of thing, as opposed to just the the lazy, easy kind of you go live in Utah. You yeah, know this I mean? was not that. This yeah. this the David's uh, David's piece was not that by any and, by any stretch. And, and look, the, we, you and I have talked about this many times that this community is becoming more inclusive. I certainly hope so. There, there might be some areas that still need a whole lot of improvement, but uh, you and I have talked about how the Jazz have, have tried to make this a place that uh, players want to be and feel comfortable being here, certainly from a franchise standpoint and from a community standpoint, and then sell that. And that's why what, uh, what uh, Millsap said was kind of weird to me because uh, not weird i'm not saying that it i'm not saying one way or the other but it just seems like the jazz have tried to create an environment that flies directly in the face of that kind of language if that makes sense yeah um his mike conley's last quote and there are a bunch of really good quotes in the story but this is just the last one in the story this is where david ends it Conley said, quote, it's not bad at all, Conley said before the latest storm, quote, it's not a bad place to be. And if you're talking about basketball, it's the best place to be, unquote. Wow. Okay. Well, obviously he felt that way because he wanted to stay. And that was that was pretty clear. And it, not only was it clear in his actions, but it's been clear in the way he's played on the court. If that if that man is uncomfortable, he, he doesn't look like it. Yeah. So it's just a, it, it is a delicate situation. I will be curious to see how the NBA handles it with their investigation. Um, you know, how transparent they are about everything going forward. Um, but, yeah, I thought David did a good job. And I, I thought that was a good clip. And if you want to hear the rest of that interview, go where you download your favorite podcasts and, uh, and search out DJ and PK and David Aldrich.
every place that I've ever lived needs to improve in 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 certain ways, and uh, and this even though I love it here, uh, there needs to be improvement here from my point of view, in in this regard, and uh, hopefully that will continue in a in a really positive way. That'd be terrific. No doubt. Did you know that PK lived in California? By the way, he mentioned that to David in that interview. I had no idea. Yeah, you just drive down. You go to the four hundred five and turn down the five, and, and uh, he's. I knew David side. was born in San I Diego. Love LA. I knew that, but I had no idea PK lived down there. He never talks about it. Huh? Never, never hear a word of it. <laughs> Especially when Norm Chow's on. <laughs> I, I, uh, he knows I was, where Norm Chow lives. I was emailing back and forth with uh, Norm Chow recently. And he, invi- he invited me over to his house. He said, come come visit. Now, are you going to do it with no warning, just on the middle of a random day? No. No. I feel <laughs> actually, just show up. I actually respect PK the, for that. On the front Way door. respect uh, PK for that. Why do you respect but, that? But Gordon couldn't, you know, he had to mention his own relationship with Norm. Wait, wait, why, why, why do you That he just swung somebody? by on a whim? Yeah. Rather than going through the whole formality of making sure it's okay and a good the time. Formality? You mean like picking up your phone and <laughs> making a phone call and saying, hey, I'm in town. You mind yeah, if I swing yeah, on yeah. by? Good friends don't need formalities. Showing up on the front door unannounced? That's what BFFs do, man. Did he have like a bowl of fruit with him? I just mean from a guts standpoint, I don't know that I could ever do that. And so that for that, I respect PK to have the guts okay, so to just show up. Wait a up. minute. I mean, PK's been talking to Norm for a long time. What 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 do you mean? Why do you need guts? No, I don't think so. I, ju- I just think when you're the the closest media member to Norm Chow on a personal level, you don't <laughs> need to make a phone call. <laughs> okay. I d- Austin, what what uh, what do you mean guts? You mean just uh, uh, trying to negotiate how rude it is to show up on an ass? Those are your words, Gordon, that you're choosing to voice. I'm just simply saying, I would not. I don't think have the guts, the 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 uh, gumption, the uh, cachet, or the ego to just <laughs> knock on Norm Chow's door unannounced and say, "Sup, bro? Can I come in?" <laughs> Did he say, "Can I come in"? No, that's, I'm not. This is not a, a column. I'm not doing this journalistically. I'm just saying he just all of a sudden showed up at Norm Chow's house unannounced, uninvited, and knocked on the door. And Norm, being the nice guy, said, "Oh, hey, let's take a picture." And I don't know, did they eat? I don't know what they did, but well, I, I could I never do that. I I <laughs> I could I could do it if I called first to say, "Hey, are you you around?" I, I'm not sure. I would just want to bang on the door. That's you know? completely not the same thing. Yeah. If you call first versus don't call at all, don't give him any heads up, those are two different things. Coming up but next. That's, that's what I would do with anybody. No, yeah. Other than my parents, I always let people know I'm headed over. <laughs> okay. My parents wish I would let them know. Not Sports Sport. Coming up next. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Check this out. And now your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And the Zone Sports Network. Here I go again on my own. Going down the only road I've ever known. 
Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It is Monday. That means it's time to get a winner for the Chevy Strong Play of the Game. Be color 12 right now, 855-340-ZONE. And correctly identify the Chevy Strong Play of the Game announced by DJ and PK this morning at 8.50. And you win his own prize packets. The Chevy Strong Play of the Game brought to you by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers only on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Color 12. Right now. Let's get to the uh, Not Sports Port brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles and inventory. Shop online, lhmusedcars.com. Gordon, where are we going today? Well, uh, two places. One, uh, one is Hollywood, and two is out of this world. Okay. So the first one is, did you guys watch any of the Golden Globes last night? No. You? Not, not one second. No, I did not watch it at all. Austin? Mr. Uh, Mr. Movie, he's on the phone. He's getting a winner, buddy. Oh. Did uh, so you didn't watch any of it, huh? Nope. Don't care, huh? Not really. All right. Well, that's enough of that one. No, you can. What's your story? You asked me if I watched it. I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it either. So there's nothing. To say so why'd about you bring it? it up? Because I wanted to know if you watched it. That's, <laughs> that's all. it. There wasn't a reason. Well, if you, if you, if you. <laughs> I thought that if you actually like to watch it, that we could talk about it. But since I didn't watch it and you didn't watch it, and I don't know if Austin wants it or not, there's no reason to talk about it. I, I thought there might be a notable moment or something that stood out to you as being just or in, unjust. It'd be like me going, like, hey, Gordon, have you seen the Gilmore Girls? <laughs> no? Well, I haven't either. Well, I guess that's enough of that. Well, I didn't there watch wasn't it. a reason. There wasn't even a purpose to bring it I, up. I thought. I thought maybe you might have seen some of it, or no. you had an opinion about Amy and Tina. You know the way they presented the information, or whether it was funny or entertaining or anything like that. Or I thought you might have a, an opinion about the Queen's Gambit or whatever. Or you know these shows that were real popular this year. I, I never mind. That's why I have a backup. Okay. The backup is this. Okay, so this is a question that I have for you. Well, before I get to the question, let me tell you what it is. Apparently. Hey, Jake, you ever been to Turk and Caicos? <laughs> nope. Me either. Me either. Did, Next uh, topic. Austin, did you watch any of the Golden Globes? Just little snippets on Twitter, and it was worse than ever, ever. So. It, do you care? Do you care about any of that? Nope, don't care about it. Uh, it it's terrible to watch in normal times. Even worse when it's virtual. So. Okay. This is uh, this is the question at hand. Work is due to start on the world's first space hotel that is going to orbit, uh, orbit Earth. Um, and the, it's going to begin, work is going to begin in 2025. And it says it'll be ready to go by 2027. Develop, it's developed by something called the Orbital Assembly Corporation, or OAC. And apparently, uh, it, it's just going to orbit the Earth, and you're going to be able to blast off in a rocket and go up and stay in this hotel, which is shaped like a circle. And the the movement of the entire station is going to make it uh, generate sort of artificial gravity that will make it feel like you're on the surface of the moon. Does that sound like something you would be willing to pay a lot of money to go do? No, but I, I have a feeling it's going to be the world's most expensive timeshare. How long How long is the meeting that you have to sit through to get a free trip? 
Yeah, because to, to go to Sun Valley, it's already three hour meeting. Yeah, you're gonna have so to. So we're spend talking like, space, like a week so, straight. But, but, but right? what are they, what are they, wait a minute, what are they gonna ask you? Whether you want to go to Mars? Well, I don't think it's Mars. You just said it was in orbit of the Earth. It is, but if they're selling you something else, no, it's like a timeshare in the hotel. Oh, I got you. Whether you're going to buy into it. Okay, I understand. I'm sorry. You know, like the timeshare um, where, where they say, hey, you can have a free trip. to It's how Scotty paid for his honeymoon. You can have a free trip uh, to Vegas, but all you have to do is sit, sit through this meeting. I'm just saying. I, I how long's the meeting you have to sit through to go to space, the space hotel? I, so the, I, don't, think, I don't think PK would mind me telling this story, but uh, he and I and our beautiful wives stayed at a place once, and we went to one of those meetings. And, you know, I was being real polite, and the person that was doing the conducting of the of the meeting was getting pretty pushy. How do you think that went over with PK? Probably bought in, I'm sure. I'm telling you, I've known Pat a long, long time, and rarely have I seen him that angry. He wanted nothing to do. Because it wasn't like... I mean, he was being polite. We were sitting through it fine. It was it was going fine. The presentation was going fine. But then the guy started really pressing. And I'm telling you, that's one thing you don't do with PK. You don't press him. And uh, he responded. In, <laughs> he responded in a way that that uh, made it very clear to uh, said salesperson that uh, he was not interested. And he said that numerous times, but he... he uh, there was an exclamation point added to that declaration by the end of the time. But this one, up in space, I just wondered if, if, if that would – some people would love that. I wouldn't do it even if somebody offered it to me for free. But it's a 400-suite hotel. I think it's 400. Let me double-check on that. 400 guests, so I don't know how – what would that be uh, – 200 suites or something i don't didn't but we make I, a I, law you can't talk about space no we made a law i couldn't talk about the a word well that didn't even last a day it last didn't last a segment no it did it was oh, the, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. the next day that he talked about it well that's because you guys tricked me into a, a, the title of something oh uh, i was hardly I'm calling it a trick it was pretty it was like the most obvious thing we've ever done <laughs> walked right through it and to this day it. i still thought that you were like recognizing recognizing it and just playing along all right good thanks for making me feel stupid I no that's not, <laughs> <laughs> just thought i was being obvious about it that's all <laughs> wasn't trying to trick anybody i it was, think you're so, smart was it was it was it the movie aliens it was, it was yeah we mm -hmm. or alien or whatever. i asked you like what was the name of that sigourney weaver movie with the the spaceship or something. Yeah, I got to... Uh, look, I was I must not have been paying attention. And you caught me by surprise. Exactly, but, exactly. Well, I, it point, never happens. My, I didn't think my, it was happening. My point with this is, you know, it looks like one of those wheels. A big wheel and and rooms all around the outside. So does that... I mean, a lot of people would find that fascinating that you got neither one of you guys have any desire if you could get a good deal on doing that would you do it i'm not going on a cruise let alone to space <laughs> okay all right well, i'm surprised I, you're I, not into it i'm not i i don't uh i don't have any real desire to do that but 
I'll bet you it sells out. I don't know how much they're going to charge. What would you guess? It'd have to be like ten thousand, what fifty thousand dollars a night or something. Thirty nine ninety five. I'll leave the light on for you. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like a red roof orbiter. I said I would. I bet it would be kind of like Kenny for the third time in a week if PK were going. Gordon, you don't have interest in doing this, but if the Kinahans are going, no, you're going. No, you're going. No, no, and you're paying for the gas. Wait, 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 when I did that, it had nothing to do with Kinahans. Had everything to do with my wife Lisa. I do what she wants me to do. Right, but weren't the Kinahans going first? No, and then they, they said, "Hey, no, why don't you come they, along?" No, they planned it together. Ah. They they uh, sprung that one on me, and so I. I had to, but then Kenny was showing up here in Salt Lake too, so I got kind of dragged to that one. But I wasn't dragged. I mean, Old Dominion was performing, and I really like Old Dominion. So, as much as Kenny, or oh, more, more. Old Dominion is is one of my favorite bands. I really like that. But you and PK are in the Kenny fan club. No, I'm not. I went because Old Dominion. Was uh, playing with them with him, and because my wife wanted to go, which is about as good as good a reason as I can think of. Hmm. But you guys keep saying that PK dragged me to that, and it wasn't. I drove. Why did I drive? Because my wife wanted to go. I've just never toured with a group. That's all. Neither have I. You toured with Kenny. I saw, I saw, I saw, I didn't even really pay as much attention to Kenny. I paid attention to Old how Dominion. Many, two weekends in a row. How many states have you seen Kenny in? Uh, uh, two. Three. What's the other one? Nevada. When did I see him in Nevada? I th- I remember you, I thought I remembered you seeing him in Nevada too. Uh-huh. No, I think, I, I think that was Zach Brown. Oh, that may be. I've seen. I've only seen three concerts that come to mind in Nevada. One was uh, John Fogarty, and uh, two were Zach. Let's see. Two were Zach Brown, and and one was on the same trip. I saw uh, Jimmy Buffett. Oh, uh, you're leaving one out. Well, which one was that? When he called Dick Harmon on his birthday to get free tickets to Olivia Newton John. That was. A- what was that? Well, it was. It was. It was. Yeah, I guess it was. It was just her singing in front of thousands of people, Jake. No, it was just a small little arena. It was a small little. Hey, Dick, I heard you have free tickets to go see Olivia. (laughs) (laughs) That that whole thing got skewed big time, man. Anyway, doesn't really matter. (laughs) Did you buy at least buy Dick Harmon an appetizer or something to say thank you? Uh, I don't know if on I his birthday. Thanked him. Oh. <laughs> All right, stay tuned, Gordon. You enjoy your evening. Uh, enjoy the jazz game. All right, you guys as well. Uh, it's the big show, jazz game night pregame coming up next right here on ninety-seven five and twelve eighty the zone.